Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're so excited you've joined us for today's conversation, which I believe is going to be fantastic. Our mission here at Church Leadership Podcast is to encourage and equip local church leaders to be disciples that make disciples. And so we are excited that you're here uh, on this journey with us, and we want to encourage you. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that little subscribe button. If you're listening on your favorite app, we're on just about every app you can imagine. Make sure you hit subscribe. We don't want you to miss a single conversation or a single episode. And uh, we're, we're excited about today's conversation, Andy. Absolutely. We are delighted to have our friend, uh, Scott Kindig, with us. Uh, Scott is in the Atlanta area, uh, currently working with the Grace Family of Churches, and Scott has spent a lot of years serving in the church in a lot of different capacities, and he loves to help churches. He loves to coach and consult, and he's going to do that for us today. He doesn't even know. We're, we're getting a free coaching and consulting session right now with Scott. He doesn't know that's what we've duped him into. So, Scott, thank you so much for joining my, us on the podcast this week. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. Great to be here. Well, you know, we, we have really enjoyed getting to know you over the years through our mutual connection and friendship uh, with Robert Mullins. And, uh, and so we, we've just, I mean, we've learned so much from you and we're always encouraged every time we hang out with you. But one, one part of your story, we kind of want to at least start our conversation uh, around uh, today is this, you know, you've, you have served in lots of churches in different roles and you've done lots of different things. God's used you in amazing ways. But as so many people, whether they're lead pastors or whether they're second cheerleaders or served on a church staff, they can relate to you in the fact that you've certainly been hurt and uh, you've experienced some pain uh, while leading in the church. And I think that's a really common thing. And so if, if you don't mind, walk us through that. Talk about how you were able to walk through that and how you were really able to to come out on the other side, or at least are still coming out on the other side. And God has used you, uh, even in the midst of all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so generally speaking, I, I would, I'd love to go back to the beginning as, as when I, when I came to Jesus in, um, 19 years of age, I, I had no church background. Um, my family weren't believers. Um, they've come to be since then, which is, you know, praise the Lord. Um, good thing. And, and, uh, and, and the growth curve was, you know, filled with bumps uh, there, you know, I, I'm a student pastor, you know, at heart, that's, that's, that's really, I'm still, I haven't outgrown that title. And, and I, I love students. Uh, I think they're more honest than adults. And, um, and I, I, I wish we could have more childlike faith, you know, than we do. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, there's, there's a parent that doesn't like you, you know, if you're a student pastor and, um, and if it's a significant parent, sometimes you can like, just find another place to go, you know? And, <laughs> and so, uh, fortunately, uh, they were kind enough to, to walk me through my, uh, literally, literally not very much exposure to Christianity when I was, you know, starting ministry, but I did love what I did. And I let, I love people. Um, you know, if you, if you do insights, 
uh, and you look at insights, you go, okay, Scott, <laughs> Scott is, is a yellow green, which means he, he loves people and he likes people at the same time. And, um, and so I've had to do all of the hard work of catching up to what other people called work in the church. And so there were pastors that didn't understand why, like we were getting really good results, but we weren't doing it the way that it was supposed to be done. So there's, there's harm there. And as you go through ministry, usually you're, you're kind of stepping into bigger roles or harder roles or more difficult roles or roles where you're actually bringing multiple other people underneath you that are, you know, expecting you to develop them so that they can, you know, do a good job in student, in ministry. And so in all of those spaces, you know, we've, I've always had, um, you know, a key leader and I've always tried to really serve well, all the key leaders that I'm in, but every now and then they just have a heart for something or they're very apostolic in their uh, orientation and if things don't go fast enough, you know, then there's, there's just stuff there. But in, in one of my stops, um, that I was doing ministry, I was an executive, uh, pastor. Um, and I, the, the, really the truth of my assignment there is for about two and a half years, like we really cleaned up so many things that were healthy for the church and in, in sort of a, a recovery of, of, hey, biblical, really solid teaching and um, making disciples and doing mission. Those three things were, were core to us. And we had to do some things like clean up, you know, bad budgets and uh, really bad budgets. And, um, and, and, you know, there, there are times where we would, we would do, we would do something. And as an XP, XP, that would be like my assignment. I got to figure out, you know, how we're going to solve this problem. And I didn't know how to do that. I went to master, I went to get my master's degree from New Orleans Seminary. They didn't talk to me about money. You know, <laughs> they didn't talk to me about being an executive pastor. Um, uh, they, you know, the reality of my assignment was there were a lot of things that, um, you know, the language was, there's a lot of fires close to the house. We've, we've got to figure out how to deal with these. And, you know, in some of those, we, we had some huge successes, um, just, a, a, a fantastic um, reality for us was, you know, even though we were, you know, very, very much in debt, we had a, a 21 month uh, kind of come out of debt of, of not just a little bit of money, but, but a lot of, a lot of money. I didn't know how to do that, but I knew people who knew how to do that stuff, you know? And so that's what you do. Um, at, at other times there were, you know, there were over 300 people on staff, you know, um, you know, in that environment. And, um, and we didn't really have enough budget for that many people. And, um, mm. and so we, we had to go through difficult things in, in that, in that season. And so all of that was about the, you know, first two and a half years or so of, of being there. And so there was a season where I couldn't do anything wrong you know, as, as other people would, 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 would claim it. And then, um, and then the last year and a half, it was, I I think I didn't recognize it soon enough, but that two and a half years was probably the season that I should have been there. And the assignment that I, that I had might have outgrown me from a putting out fires all the time to all of a sudden now, well, there's no more fires. So 
I'm not really sure what Scott's going to do around here. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, you know? And, and so, and, and that's me talking to me about me. So is that third person? Okay with you? I, I you know, so, <laughs> yeah, we can deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, so, you know, basically what, what, what happened is over a span of about a year and a half, we just kind of figured out, I just wasn't a fit anymore, you know? And that doesn't mean that when you figure out you're not a fit anymore, that that doesn't hurt <laughs> and that, that it doesn't, um, it doesn't get, Oh, wow. Well, I, I should have maybe stepped away earlier. I, I, there's other stuff I could have done. And, and people say that, but I actually believe that God intentionally left me in that space for that 18 months. And that he wanted me to become something that I couldn't become without just a difficult scenario and, and difficult seasons. You know, all, all my family, you know, is back in San, in Atlanta and I'm in San Antonio and two of our kids come to San Antonio and they go to school there. And, and, you know, they had difficult times in, in, in college. And so um, not, not, not things that are just things that are just difficult to deal with. And so it looked like in my, career and in my family and in my church, all three of the most important things, you know, and in, in uh, other than a relationship with Jesus, uh, those, those three things were so um, not congruous with, you know, health. And, um, and so I, I started having a hard time sleeping uh, at night, you know, about three to five in the morning, I'd be up every night. And, um, and then, you know, I would have anxiety over, assignments that were really big that that were maybe too big you know just for one person to to try to handle all those fires over that time and and so putting out fires and then getting to a place where I thought wow now the thing that I really love disciple making is gonna be like hey woo, we got there we, we we were through with the hard stuff and now we can really put all of our energy into making disciples that will make disciples so that we can plant churches that will plant churches. And, um, and so that was, that was my heart desire. But, you know, what I recognized was I was just no longer a fit in that environment. And, and so the church was really good to me. Um, they took care of me um, and uh, good severance and all those sorts of things, but there's nothing that really replaces like what you feel when, oh, wow, I'm not a fit anymore. How, how did that happen? Like I was a really good fit and then I'm not anymore. And so, you know, when you come home and your family recognizes, hey, it must be pretty rough at church because you look like you're 70 years old all of a sudden, you know, and you're gaining weight like crazy. And, um, and so, you know, you cope with all those realities and you try to figure out and you realize I am not big enough to understand what's going on me, uh, going on inside of me, much less to do something healthy, you know. Uh, and so health wasn't uh, I, I thought I was trying to do healthy things and they were just like exacerbating the situation. So um, so anyway, we we parted ways uh, and we moved back to Atlanta uh, where we had family and where we had you know, churches that were kind of family to us. And, um, and I knew I needed help. And somebody actually a friend of mine uh, that lives in Nashville said, Hey, I need you to come up here because I, I want to interview you for a job. You may not be ready for it yet, but I want to interview you for a job. And that was so much uh, 
just a lie. It was a hundred percent lie from a really godly guy. He, he brought me up there so that I could meet a counselor who's kind of known as the pastor whisperer. His name's Chip Dodd. And, um, and I said, where, where are we going? He said, well, you're going to go in here and I'm going to sit out in the lobby and I'm going to pay for you to get counseling with Chip. And, um, and, and things began to shift because I wasn't leaning on me to, mm. to solve me. I, I actually had a friend and a somebody who said, I think I know what you need. And, and gosh, that was the, that was the biggest thing. You know, when you're, when you're not employed anymore and you might be getting some severance, you're going like, the last thing I need to do is to pay a whole big wad of money to somebody to tell me what's wrong with me, because I think I know what's wrong with me. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's Genesis three is what's wrong with me. And, mm. and I can't seem to step out of Genesis three mm. into, you know, what Jesus has intended for me from the beginning. And, and I have to grow, not just through the things that go well, I have to learn how to grow in the things that I don't do well. And so that's, that's just a, just a cursory first, you know, uh, overview, because I know through the pandemic, there are lots of people who have had lots of disappointment. Uh, we, we can't, open up a new podcast every day about a church that's fallen or about a pastor that's fallen. And as a result of that, you know, I, 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 I was thankful to have somebody who intervened for me and said, Hey, I don't care how expensive it is. If you need to get you back, there's only one way for you to do it because you, if you had it in you to do it, you would have it, but you don't. So you need somebody who has it to put it in you. And, um, and you know, that's, when, when, when uh, Chip talks to you, like he's done this for so many years with pastors that he knows exactly what's going on. As a matter of fact, I'll just you know, tell you this quick thing. About seven minutes into our first counseling session, he said, hey, you're thinking your situation that you just came out of is your problem. That's not your problem. Was it your mom or your dad that was an alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, that would, that would be mom. And he said, so actually, you finally ran into a leader. You've, you've had a long list of, of wins in, in ministry environments um, that wasn't because of me, but it was just because of the, you know, the team that was so good, you know, really good things happened together. And so it, it wasn't a me thing. What it, what it was, you know, over, overall was I could no longer be my own counselor. Mm. And, um, and if you're out there and you have that situation, you need to find the right guy. And, um, and, and anyway, he started teaching me how to grow up a little bit on the side of the growth. That is not the fun part, you know, the fun part of, of winning and planting churches and, and making disciples, man, that's fantastic. But this side, actually, I, I've gotten more value in my life from the disappointing things than from the things that were momentary celebration. There are a lot of people who just heard your story, Scott, who are watching and listening to this podcast and they're thinking either I've been there or I am there. Yep. I feel like I'm frustrated because I can't figure out how to fix things. And maybe there's a little bit of realization that maybe what needs fixing is not things, but me. 
And they don't even know where to begin to do that. So you've probably encouraged some people to kind of step back and think, you know what, maybe the problem isn't the problem. Maybe the problem is, is me and what I need to do to, to be more aware of my own spiritual and emotional health and how it affects me and how it affects those around me. And uh, we mentioned earlier uh, before we started recording that Mark and I are very thankful for not only your willingness to share your story, but your willingness to let God use everything in your story to bring you to where you are so you can help others, so you can help churches and leaders. And that's what we're all about here on the podcast. We want to help churches and leaders do what God's called them to do in making, being disciples and making disciples. And that's we know that's your heart too. But tell us just real quick, why do you think, why do you think where you are now, God has been so gracious to lead you through all that and how, how you're letting him process all that and use all that instead of quitting or giving up? Because that has been a common thing we're seeing, especially post-pandemic numbers, that the, uh, the numbers of pastors walking away from ministry, not just quitting, but just completely walking away from ministry, how alarming that is. How is it do you think others could could read into your story or glean from what you've learned to see by God's grace, you can keep going and not give up and quit and walk away? Yeah, well, I, I would love to say that I've learned. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, that I, I'm not sure where where I am in the health spectrum. Um, but uh, I, I do want to just show you like uh, a couple of a couple of books that are just super helpful. Um Needs of the Heart by Chip Dodd. Uh, he's the counselor that um, teaches us what, what, he, what he's trying to say to us is, hey, every baby on the planet is healthier than any adult on the planet. And there's a reason for that, um, because babies respond to stimuli and they pay attention to their feelings. And um, that comes from one part of the brain. And, uh, and so when you live honestly with your own feelings, that means you're not trying to cover or mask something that, hey, I really know I'm not all of that, but I gotta, I gotta make a face that I am all of that, you know? And, and so um, when you start being able to say, hey, um, this, is what make, this, this is what makes me feel like when this happens. And, and so my, if there's any healthy thing about me, it's that my wife is a counselor and, um, and she, but you know, your wife can't be your counselor and, um, and, and men don't need to do that. I mean, even men that are like self, self, you know, uh, harming, you know, with pornography or with, uh, bad habits or, um, you know, just uh, other things that we can get ourselves into those things, those things happen. And we, we do that to ourselves and so what happens for us in this, in this reality of babies are healthier than adults, uh, the reason that, a, that babies get what they want is because their emotions show on the outside and you want them to shut up and quit crying, but they will not shut up and quit crying until you put the, the milk in their mouth. You know, that's what has to happen or they're, you have to change their diaper. They let you know. And something happens with us as we grow up that we start trying to mentally attack what we're feeling and hide the reality so that we can actually fake it through. And, and so what I've learned is for me, I have to do that. And specifically what, what my reality was, um, the, the, 
the emotion, the feeling of being angry when injustice happens um, to you personally. Now, this is, this is my counseling, so I'm just going to tell you what it, my counseling is. My, my counseling is I will serve everyone else before I serve myself. I don't know why I grew up that way. Um, I think it's because my mom was uh, an alcoholic. That was part of it. And part of it is probably inborn, you know, just a natural, I'm going to serve others before I serve me. I feel like if I, you know, if I don't serve others, I'm not doing what Jesus would do, but Jesus actually had a, a habit of occasionally throwing some chairs around in, in a, you know, a, something the size of a mall. And, and he, he made, you know, his righteous indignation known. And for me, um, in, in my growing up through multiple leaders, what I learned to do was, hey, I'm going to be steady Eddie all of the time. And I'm not going to be mad when something happens. I'm going to be the one that solves it. I'm actually going to absorb the pain. And then that makes the church better. Actually, it doesn't make the church better. You know, you, you get, you, it's the stupid rationalization that you have in your head. You know, I, I better do some what's in the best interest of the church. And you, you know what I've discovered is the best way for me to serve the best interest of the church is for me to be healthy. It's for me to be able to say, you know what? You just said something that really offended me. And I need to let you know that this offended me. I'm going to speak to you as, as kindly as I can to say this, what you just said, what you just did really harmed me. And I lost for, you know, a period of about two years, the ability to do that. Mm. Um, not with trusted people who were close to me, you know, but when things were getting hard and it, you know, and I should have, you know, and maybe stayed out of, you know, the, the two and a half year, I should have, maybe I should have moved on, but I've got to quit using the word should at all because should is associated with shame. I should have. So I'm shaming myself. Now I'm shaming myself and, and I'm, I'm looking happy on the outside and I'm looking healthy on the outside, but on the inside, I'm not letting myself feel what God has intended for me to feel because man, feelings tell you what you really think. And, and if I, if I move up to the other part of my brain and I try to say, no, no, that's not true. That's not really true. I can find a scripture verse that tells me I should do the soft thing <laughs> instead of the hard thing. You know, and, and the reality is um, I do that in discipleship all the time. I, I do invitation and challenge, invitation and challenge, because that's, um, that's because I'm building someone. Um, and when I'm helping build someone by God's grace and what he's done in me and through me over time, I, I do that, but I didn't apply that to me. And, and so he said, Hey, uh, this, this may be, you know, kind of on the borderline here, but he'd say, listen, um, you shouldn't should yourself. It, it, it sounds like something else, right? <laughs> That's good. And he said, so you shouldn't should others and you shouldn't should yourself. And so if you, if you're going to should yourself, then, then I've got to give you a whole different set of, of reality. You are shaming yourself and God did not intend you for shame. Mm. He intended you for his glory and he intended you to be honest with people, even difficult people so that they don't have to go beating other people up you know, the rest of their life or letting people down the rest of their life or, 
you know, causing people to feel like they did something, you know, that was unpleasant or wrong or um, not done well. Um, you know, we, we've talked about this in discipleship language before that, hey, sometimes effectiveness is the, uh, is the opposite of development. It is okay for us to make mistakes and learn as we go. And it takes grown leaders to lead people that way. And, um, and so what I found was a grown leader who knew how to grow me into a place where now um, I have my righteous anger back. I can utilize it. I, I still, I still honestly feel a little, little weird when I, when I say to Kim uh, or to somebody that's close to me that I love, um, that I know it's easier to do that, but it's when it's somebody who, who seems to be a threat where I have almost this weakness of, you know what, it may not be worth talking to this one about that. And, and actually, I think what God has told me is you've actually got to confront it every single time it happens so that you get your fullness of that emotion back mm. and those feelings back so that you can truly be you and, um, and probably resolve things with more people in that direction. Mm. So, so anyway, I just, I just wanted you to hear that, that, um, I, I'm not trying to repeat, you know, my counseling sessions, but I am trying to say that there are, there are definite things where you need to go to somebody who's got a better hold on things than you when bad things happen and you know, when it's bad, you know, um, I knew when it was bad and I should have done something earlier. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I can already see we're going to have a new church leadership podcast t-shirt. You shouldn't should yourself. <laughs> we're going to get it. We're stealing that totally. So, um, so we're going to actually close this a little bit differently than we expected. Cause I think, you've already given us some, some, some good ideas and suggestions, but I want to ask more specifically. So I know, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't, I only have to say if, because I know, I know that there are some people watching and listening. that are still dealing with hurt that are still having, you know, some level of PTSD, uh, if we can call it that in ministry. Um, and I think maybe this conversation is making them maybe more aware of it. So if, if you know, as they're listening and as they're dealing with that, what would you tell them if you were face to face with them right now, Scott, what would you tell them they need to do? Yeah. So if you're in the middle of it, um, one of the things that you, that you have to do to break a, a form of, of fear and bondage is you need to talk to someone outside the scenario before you talk to someone inside the scenario. So um, it is difficult for you to be um, subordinate on the org chart and to be able to handle a, a, a grown-up conversation about, hey, I just need to share with you. And, and I know that this may put my, um, my job in, in some level of, uh, I don't want to lose my job. I just want you to know that when you speak to me in that tone of voice, um, it really makes me feel like um, a small child being corrected by a parent. And I really would just love for you to honestly, in a calm voice, talk to me that way, mm. you know, and, but you probably need counsel from somebody to help you have that conversation so that you can do it in a way that you don't lose um, credibility in the place where you are. 
And, and so that's a, that's, that's a big thing. The, the other thing I would say is there needs to be, and, and I, I, I'll just say in Southern Baptist life, um, there needs to be a vetting of the leader that you're going to lead under hmm. um, if you're coming on staff in a subordinate you know, uh, role on, on, um, on that org chart. So can you discover, Hey, is this a really good, healthy church that, you know, everybody has blurbs, but, you know, is there a serial narcissist in front of you? Is is there a serial bully in front of you? Um, I, I highly recommend for people to, um, to look at, uh, Julie Royce, um, podcast. If, if you want to hear about, you know, help and situations that are happening across the country that, um, there's, there's just a lot of help there, um, in how to handle those types of scenarios. But in, in reality, if you're going onto a staff and you don't really know the people that you're going on staff with, it's, it's not just their job to interview you. It's your job to interview them. Right. And uh, I want to make sure that you get in really healthy places. And, and honestly, there's no such thing because of Genesis three, but you know, there are healthier on a spectrum of what, you know, what you can step into. And, um, and honestly, like my, my difficulties in the assignment that I struggled with so much, it's, it's not somebody else's responsibility for me to respond well in that. I have to learn how to respond well in that kind of a scenario. And I, I know who I am. I, I, I know that I'm a like sinner from birth. I, I, I get it. I, I know who I am, but I also know who God is and God knows who I am and he's at work in me. And sometimes, you know, he guides me through a chip dot, or sometimes he guides me to an older leader who has been through it. Sometimes he leads you to someone who might have been a serial narcissist or a bully. And, and if that's the case, then uh, that person is going to say, I wish I could go back and do things differently. And let me help you know how to step into um, places that are very difficult to step into and that have some level of of either pain or risk, you know, involved. And, but your health is more important than your job. Mm. Yes. Amen. And amen. That is a good statement to end our time together on. Not only is that challenging, but that should be encouraging. It's not worth it. You know, it's not worth burning out or uh, causing conflict or marital problems in your home. It's not worth uh, emotional health risks or physical health risks. Uh, and, and I think what you said is key today to be emotionally aware of who you are, get the help you need. And it will help you in the long run, do what God has called us to do is to follow Jesus faithfully and help others to do the same also. So thank you, Scott, so much for, your honest and, and gracious uh, uh, story that you shared today, along with during that journey, you know, the, the things you've learned, the help you've received, and you've, you've helped me today. I'm telling you, if anybody needed to hear what you had to say today, uh, God used it in my heart. So thank you for being on the podcast with us today. Thank you. It's my, my honor. And, and, you know, the, the reality is 
these things impact your family. So you need to attack them quickly so mm-hmm. that uh, your family's response to church can be a healthy one. So, you know, I, that's just maybe a last little caveat there. That's great. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so much more that we want to talk with you about. So we're going to bring you back on uh, probably sooner rather than later, but, but we do thank you for your time. And, and we thank you for sharing a little bit from your heart and, and your life. And, and I know those watching and listening have been encouraged and equipped uh, to, to really discover health again, if they're struggling with it. So uh, again, thank you, Scott. And the rest of you, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 